Hey, this is Kyle Papineau. I'm the pastor of Legacy Church in Orange County, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message encourages you and it helps you experience what God is doing in your life. Enjoy the message. <laughs> awesome. Hey, go ahead and take your seats for just a second. Thank you so much uh, for, for being here. Man, I'm so excited about what God is going to be speaking today. Um, one of the things that, that we do regularly is um, we, we give of our tithes and our offerings. Now, I, I went to school this week. I don't mean literally went to school, but I mean I, I learned some things this week, and we're going to be changing some, some verbiage because did you know this? Did you know that, that uh, your vocabulary dictates your culture? Did you know this? That wording dictates culture. When you say, um, well, here's, here's the exact example. We have always said we're taking the offering, right? Because that's as a team what we, we, we do. But that's not what we're actually doing as a church body. We are returning our tithe. We believe here at Legacy that 100% of everything that we have, are, and make is God's. And he just asks for 10% to be brought back to him. It's not giving, okay? Because you can't give what's not yours. So you're returning. And when it comes to the tithe, you have the option to return, to bring, or to steal. There is no give of the tithe. And so I'm not saying that to, to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm saying this because this is the way that the scripture says it. And so I would love it if our ushers would come forward. We're going to return our tithe this morning together. Some of us, most of us, give online, and that is great. Uh, if you want to be able to do that, it's legacychurch.online slash give, and you can give with us. Uh, but then there are those of you, there are a couple of you who like cash and checks, and, and you're allowed to, all right? It's, it's, it's okay to be a boomer. Okay? I'm kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. But Father, I pray that you would bless this offering. Father, that you would speak uh, and, and use this to expand your kingdom. We love you and we honor you. And it's in your name we pray. And everyone said together, amen. Jeremy, is that my mic? Will you bring me the other one? We're going old school today. Awesome. There we go. Can you hear me now? Cool. Hey, uh, tonight, everybody say tonight. Six o'clock. Everybody say six o'clock. Friendsgiving. Let's go. <laughs> hey, tonight at six o'clock is going to be our Friendsgiving celebration, and that means that you're invited. I don't care if today's your first time. I don't care if it's your hundredth time. Uh, you're totally welcome to join us, Okay. Uh, it's going to be at 6 o'clock at Pastors Phil and Barbara's house. And if you want the address, we'll make sure you get it. But uh, we thought, man, there's going to be a lot of people doing turkey and ham this week. Uh, my house is even doing some tri-tip this week for Thanksgiving. We're kind of mixing it up a little bit. Um, but then we thought, man, it'd be really cool if we did, like, enchiladas for dinner tonight. So we're going to have homemade enchiladas. Super grateful for the castanetas who are probably at home making those things right now for us. Uh, they, are, they are choosing to serve in that way with us this morning. But man, we're going to be so excited to, well, I'm excited to tear into some enchiladas with you guys this evening. We're going to play some games and have a good time. So if you want, show up at six o'clock at Pastors Phil and Barbara's house. We'll get you that address. Um, what's that? 
Yes, okay, so quick family meeting, okay? We're trying to figure out how do we communicate things better to everybody. So, raise your hand if you got a text this morning, or, or this week, at some point, from the church. Okay, okay. So we need to work on that. Uh, then, raise your hand if you saw a poster here on the campus about our Friendsgiving or Christmas party. Okay, cool, cool, cool. We're getting a few more. And then, raise your hand if you've heard us talk from the stage about Friendsgiving. Okay, cool, cool. All right, we're, we're starting to fill in the gaps a little bit, and that's good. Um, but one of the things that we want to do is make sure that we are, are uh, communicating as much as we can. So is the, is the address on the flyers? Take a picture of the flyer. It's on the door to the bathrooms. It's outside. It's everywhere, okay? Cool. We all good? Awesome. Hey, who's ready to hear the word? Come on. All right. Guys, I am excited about this morning. Um, I have been praying for this part of our year, for a year. I know, I know, it's crazy. Pastor Kyle, what do you mean you've been praying for a year? I mean, I have literally been praying for a year about this sermon series that we are gonna launch this morning. And I'm excited about it because the, the way that we have positioned ourselves as a church is important. The way we position ourselves as individuals is important. But when we come to the end of the year and we give an extra offering to God, it puts him in the driver's seat of whatever is going to happen in 2022. And I'll tell you what, after 2020, I needed God to be in the driver's seat. Okay? After 2021, I need him just to take the car away from me. Okay, <laughs> I, I need him not just to take the wheel, take the whole thing, Jesus, all right? But we're launching today a sermon series called uh, A Heart for the House. And, and what does that mean? Well, A Heart for the House. Jesus, many times throughout the, the Gospels and, and even in the Old Testament where he builds the temples, um, he describes his, his care and attention and affection for the body of Christ, that being the church, the big C church, okay? Um, it is our responsibility as Christ followers to cultivate a heart for his house, a heart for this house, for Legacy Church. Some of you don't know that this church didn't exist two years ago, that we're still, for a few more weeks, under that two-year-old uh, benchmark. There, there was a group of people who decided there needs to be a church in this area of Tustin. We want to see and experience what God can do through us. And so we started this church. And then last year, we, we started a tradition here where we do, at the end of the, the year, which is about now, um, what we call an expansion offering. And it's literally an offering that goes above and beyond our tithe, where it is a sacrificial gift that we all come together and give so that the gospel can go forward in a powerful and mighty way. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I was praying, God, what do you, what do you want this sermon series to be called? I've been, like I said, I've been praying for a year about what to preach, but I, I still didn't have a name. Uh, last year, we came around the word Multiplied where we, we were believing that whatever we gave, that God was going to multiply. And what we saw was gifts come in on that Sunday morning when we took the offering. And then throughout the week, we saw more gifts come in. And then we went and checked the mail, and we saw more gifts come in. And then we got word from the government that, that uh, some of the grants that we had gotten were actually forgiven, like the loans that we were given were forgiven. 
So we ended up seeing things multiply because of our faithfulness and our anticipation. Because I think there's a both and. We can be faithful. God told us what to do. Let's be faithful to that. But then let's also expect that he has something greater for us. Let's believe that he has more in store for us. Let's believe that we can go further than we ever have before. And so this morning, I want to read you a portion of, of scripture out of Genesis chapter 4. So scroll with me to Genesis chapter 4 um, or open your Bibles, whatever you want. Um, I'm totally cool with that. But Genesis chapter 4, verses 2 through 7. 2 through 7. Has anybody ever heard uh, of Cain and Abel? Okay, so I'm, I'm sparing you the one verse that comes before this, verse chapter one, or verse one of chapter four. Uh, but it says this in verse two, when they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portion of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry. He looked dejected. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. All right, my, my message this morning is called The Best Offering. Father, I pray that you would speak. You can use my mouth, but uh, we've got to hear from you. Father, I can study. I can use all of the commentaries I want, but unless you breathe on this, it won't go very far. And so I pray now that you would open up every heart to hear this message. We love you and we praise you. Amen. Amen. The best offering. There are, um, there are a couple of people who you don't see, but I happen to know that they are watching. Um, and so one of the people that I know is watching, uh, we've been praying for for a couple of weeks, and we're going to continue, but um, man, Mark, we're praying for you. This is Kevin's dad. He had surgery uh, last week, is that right? And uh, he's watching this morning, rather, he's listening <laughs> this morning with us. I know that there are the banks in Texas. I know that this word is going out further than we can see. There is Hannah in Oregon that watches every week. Isn't that crazy? I used to go to church, and it was just the church. If you weren't there, you missed out. But it's kind of cool to know that we are partnering with people literally all across the country, making sure that this gospel gets out the best offering. It was really cool to see how God shaped hearts um, after the multiplied offering last year. And I remember praying with the, with the, the staff and, and with some of the leadership team and said, hey, um, if the gift that we're giving doesn't scare you, it's not big enough. And I remember at one point, Brittany and I had talked about a, an amount that we were going to give. And we realized that that amount didn't scare us. And so we wanted to give above and beyond that amount, and we did. And we saw God come through in some crazy ways, not to mention uh, one of them being, we got back in the building this year. Come on, somebody. Aren't you glad we don't have to put up with the wind this morning? 
It was so nice to watch the, the cardboard fly by and realize we don't have to worry about that today. It was so great last week to see the coyote run and think, huh, we don't have to worry about that. This is great. I never saw the road runner, but, uh, you know, don't worry about it. Some of you are too young for that joke, and that saddens me a little bit. Okay, good. I'm glad, Mandy. Um, the best offering. You're going to derail me, and I'm not going to let it happen today. All right, the best offering. Um, this, this sermon and this sermon series is more than a, a giving series. This is a, a lifestyle of generosity series. This is more than just, I'm going to give this once. This is, I'm, I'm giving everything all the time. God, you can have whatever you want at any point. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you three points, okay? So if you're taking notes, type them out, write them out, whatever you want to do. Point number one, God doesn't need my offering. Just ask Cain. Okay? God has never needed an offering. Scripture tells us that he actually owns the cattle on a thousand hills. That means, by the way, he owns everything. He created it. He designed it. He orchestrated it. He's watching out for it. It's his. He doesn't need your offering. Also, spoiler alert, there is no inflation in heaven. <laughs> there is no recession in heaven. Okay? There is no lack in heaven. How cool is that? So God doesn't need your offering. Ask Cain. Cain gave some. That's what scripture says. It says, Cain gave some of his harvest. Abel gave his best. Giving some will always lead to self-righteousness, and it doesn't move the heart of God. Giving some doesn't, doesn't impress God. Not that we live constantly just to impress him. Sometimes we, we need to be impressed by him. But giving some doesn't, doesn't move God. But giving our best leads to a deep dependence on God's provision. When you go above and beyond, when you give your best, there, I'll just be real with you. Last year when we did this, uh, the offering that we gave um, caused me a little bit of anxiety. Like, that's the largest gift, God, that I've ever given. And I could do so much more with that money. I could do this with that money. I could do this with that money. Anybody, like, have a checklist of things you're saving up for in your head? Just me? Okay, cool. I'm glad we're together on this. Um, I start rationalizing what I'm going to give based off of what I currently want. Okay, so uh, if I'm saving up for, uh, let's say, a, a new guitar, okay, I could be saving for a guitar, but then I think, God, you're calling me to give you that sum of money, but I'm not going to have the guitar. God says, what if, what if I want to bless you with something better than you can afford? Case in point, um, there is a person in our church who started giving regularly. They started tithing uh, a couple of months ago. And in the last couple of months, after setting up a recurring gift online, they got a promotion at work. Didn't necessarily come with a pay raise, but he gets more authority, more say at work, more responsibility, more work at work. <laughs> then all of a sudden, they're doing a tour with their DMs, and 
they see a product on the side and said, oh man, that's cluttered uh, that space up. Let's get rid of that. Let's sell it for $10 a piece. Well, these are things that are worth well over $150. But they're going to sell them for $10. So he buys those things and gives it as a Christmas gift. How cool is that? You know what's really cool? Is he didn't give expecting to get. He gave out of an attitude of obedience. And God said, because of that, I'm going to give you more say. I'm going to give you more responsibility. I'm going to give you more authority at work. And I'm not going to give you more money. You're just going to pay less for stuff. That's pretty cool. I would gladly pay less for gas right now. I would gladly pay less for rent right now. I would gladly pay less than what I paid at Panda Express this week. Good night. It's cheaper to go to Red Robin. I couldn't believe it. Some of you are like, oh, Red Robin, that actually sounds kind of good. <laughs> Giving our best leads to a deep dependence on God's provision. When you are giving your best, when you're giving what God asks of you, you're going to have to get to the point where you say, okay, God, I don't have the money for this, so you've got to come through. I remember when we were uh, starting the church, we got in our bank account down to zero multiple times. Where we bought the, the water bottles for everybody who came over on a Tuesday night so that they could enjoy the atmosphere with us. And we spent our last dollar doing that. And we literally had to say, okay, God, we've spent our last dollar doing this. You have to come through. And you know what? He has come through. He has come through every single time. I can't wait till you have these same stories in your life. And my bet is you already do. It's just a matter of focusing on them. Because we like to think, we don't have this, we don't have this, we're missing out on this. No, 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 no. You don't understand. You're still in one of the greatest cultures of all time. You're still in the top 5% of all time. Just by being born here. Okay? How many own a car? You're in the top like 2 or 3% now of all time. Congratulations. You have a lot. Now, what if we turned our best over to God? Like he asked. Okay? The best offering. The best offering is what Abel brought. Abel gave the best of the lambs. But Cain gave the leftovers. So Abel was the shepherd. He was working with the livestock. But Cain worked with crops, fruits, vegetables, grains. And he gave what was left. It might have been that Cain brought the stuff that was less desirable than the first. Okay? I don't know if you guys have ever had the experience of picking berries. Anybody picked berries before? Okay. If you've picked berries, then you know the first thing you do when you get home is you wash them and you start looking for the best. If you're going to serve something to guests, you're going to serve them the best. When I go, like, Brittany served uh, strawberries last night, I guarantee you, when Brittany went through it, she didn't look for the one that was yellow and weird looking. She was looking for the strawberry that looks like a strawberry. When I say strawberry, you see in your head, that's the one, okay? That's the best. That's the one she's looking for. You know what I'm talking about. There's nothing worse than biting into a weird strawberry, okay? Cain brought the weird strawberries, Cain brought the ones that had the, the spot on the bottom. 
Cain brought the wheat that didn't get enough water. Never bring something to the altar that belongs in the compost pile. If you're bringing something that is less than the best, it is not enough. And the crazy part is, God won't accept it. He created you. He put something inside of you that, will, that he has nurtured in you to draw out from you the best. God always gives the best. Think I'm wrong? Go watch a sunset. Always brings the best. I don't know a single painter that can do what he does. Still think I'm wrong? Those of you who have a spouse, check out your spouse. Hey. God does some good work. God does some good work. He always gives his best. So it's our responsibility then to bring the best back to him. I love this though. God, God has never asked for an offering because he needed it. He asked for the offering because we needed it. We need his blessing on what we have. And he said, I'll bless it if you'll bring it. Our offering reminds us that money is a tool to do good and not a God to worship. So number two, God is looking at my heart. Just ask Abel. Abel gave the best. Abel went through his entire flock and said, okay, this sheep, uh, this, this one looks good, separated. This one looks bad. That one's out. This one looks good. This one's out. This one's good. This one's good. This one's out. It was like swipe right, swipe left all the time. And then he gets to the end and he has to go through then again all through his good pile and say, okay, this is the best of the best. And now he's getting the spotless lambs, the one that never stepped in anything other than grass. You know what I'm saying? He's getting these lambs that are perfect. And he's saying, that's what I'm going to take to God. This is my offering. This is the best. This one could make me the most money, but I'm taking it to God. If I got this one to reproduce with this one, I would have perfect lambs, but I choose to give the perfect lamb up to the perfect lamb. Let's bring our best. Abel modeled it. He brought his best. Now we have the opportunity to follow suit after him. But I love this. The, the best does not mean all. Some of us get freaked out that I'm going to ask you to empty your bank account. I'm not. Okay? The best does not mean all. In fact, if you gave the best, you couldn't give all. Unless all you had was the best. Make sense? So, Abel gave all. No. Abel gave some. No. Abel gave what? The best. The best. He paid attention. He was, he was thorough in looking through what is going to bring God the most honor. What's going to bring him the most glory? Let me ask you this. Would you like to get a gift in a couple of weeks for Christmas that had a beaten up box and had been opened? Then why are we giving that to God? Oh, <laughs> oh my. <laughs> God is not demanding all, but he expects our best. Pastor Kyle, what is our best? What is my best? I'm glad you asked. Our best is obedience. 
It's obedience to his voice. In John chapter 2, verse 5, uh, Mary, so it says, but his mother, Jesus' mother Mary, told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. Your best is obedience to God's voice. And so if you'll just pay attention to his voice and you'll give him what he asks for, if you'll do whatever he says, it's the best. That's the offering that he's hungry for. That's what he wants more of. So when we talk about a lifestyle of generosity, how does this play into this? Well, generosity builds a barrier between me and greed. If I'm generous with what I have, I'm not worried about hoarding it up. I've mentioned many times that I am a, a uh, more, more like a financial chipmunk. <clears throat> I like to hide money in places. <clears throat> not necessarily in my cheeks, but <laughs> I just got my wife. That was good. <laughs> um, I like to stuff money. Maybe a squirrel. I don't know. Like, I'll hide money in places that I don't want to look at for a while so that when I come back to it later, I'm like, yo, I just found 20 bucks. This is awesome. And then I'll stuff it and stuff it and stuff it and stuff it away. But then I have been convicted a couple of times of stuffing away and stuffing away and stuffing away when I know that there are people in our church that are struggling. I know that there are people here who could use it. I know that there are people out there that could use it. And so this year we stretched ourselves as a church to be generous. And this year we got to do a lot of cool stuff. But I want to stretch us even further. Because last year's best isn't good enough for this year. Last year's best is this year's benchmark. Okay? So if we're going to bring our best, we go above and beyond. We've got to set a new standard in our lives. When I truly give, like when I give with no strings attached, it is teaching me to master my money so I'm not mastered by money. When I truly give, when I do what God says, it teaches me I must master my money so it doesn't master me. In fact, verse 7 says, sin is crouching. It is lurking. It is waiting to rule and control you. Now, I'm not saying that money is bad. Money is not bad. The love of money is the root of all evil, but that doesn't make money bad. Okay? So I'm not saying that. What I am saying is the love of this thing will capture your heart in a way that you can't even see coming. How do I know? It says that sin is crouching at the door. You're expecting it to be up here, but it's getting you down here. It's going to knock you on your face before you ever even see it coming. So if we'll give, one of our values is give extravagantly. That's just something we believe in as a church. We go above and beyond. It's not just bringing the tithe back. It's, it's, I'm going to give sacrificially so that other people can come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If you will give extravagantly, it teaches you, I master my money. I'm not mastered by my money. I don't know about you, but I don't like living in a cyclical world where the first of every month brings anxiety because the rent is due. I don't like being in a place where every time I see that the, the, the car payment is due, I freak out. Every time I see the cell phone bill, I freak out. I want to live in a world where I write those things because I'm grateful to God for what I have. That's what I'm talking about. 
generosity is a barrier between you and greed. When I give, I prove that I love God and use money, not the other way around. I don't love money and use God to get more of what I love. No, I love God and I use money to honor God, to bless God, to bless his kingdom and to bless his people. That's how I use my money. It is a tool, nothing else. It doesn't master me. It doesn't own me. I own it. But this only happens when I do my best, when I bring my best. Now, last year, as we were teaching through this sermon series, I spoke on uh, first things first. And that means that the tithe is the very first 10%. That's why, by the way, it doesn't say that Abel brought sheep. If you read the scripture, it says Abel brought lambs. It was the first fruits. Cain brought the leftovers, but Abel brought the first. He didn't bring the old sheep. He didn't bring the wise sheep. He brought the most valuable, the, the newest sheep. Generosity, though, leads to blessing. Blessing. Now, I don't necessarily mean that just because you give today means you're going to get a nice new handbag this week. But what I do mean is if you will give, God will honor that this week. And he'll bless you accordingly. In fact, there is a prosperity of the world, but it always leads to heartache and greed and destruction. But Proverbs tells us this in, in uh, chapter 10, verse 22. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. I, it doesn't say what rich is here, like the, the, the amount that rich is. But I'll take the no sorrow part, even without the riches. <laughs> the blessing of the Lord is no sorrow. Come on. How cool would it be to go through life with no sorrow? It's available to us if we'll put him first. It's available to us if we'll put him first in every area. This isn't just finances, by the way. This is everything. He owns everything. He's over everything. If you'll put him first, he'll bless it. Number three, you cannot separate yourself from your offering. Just ask God. It says that God accepted Abel and his offering. And God rejected Cain and his offering. You can't be separated from what you give. There will be this moment at one point in your life, probably after you die, that God will actually tell you to your face, I accept your offering. I want to live in a way that points to that moment now. And if giving more of my finances, what God has already blessed me with, gets me there, praise God, let me do it. If giving more of my time gets me to that point where he accepts my offering, praise God, let me, let me serve longer. If giving up what I have to help other people helps me with that. And I'm not doing it selfishly, but I'm kind of doing it selfishly too. Like there, there is this like, I want to make sure I'm selfless, but I'm excited to hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. Come on. Are you anybody else? Okay. I'm excited for him to say, I accept your offering. I'm excited for him to be excited with me about the offering. That's what I'm living for. That's what we as a church are living for.
In fact, we're helping people, you guys don't know this, but uh, we're helping a family um, in the Midwest with their Christmas. We're going to bless them. On behalf of you guys, we're going to take care of some of their Christmas this year. They had a crazy couple of months. They've been trying to adopt some kids, and it's, and it's kind of in this weird battle right now, and they've just got evicted out of their house. We're going to help them with that. There are other needs that we have found out about that we're just going to help with. That's the posture that we want to take as a church. So I'm not asking you to give in an offering. By the way, the offering's not today, so you can all <sighs> relax, okay? I'm not asking you to give in an offering so that this house gets rich. I'm asking you to give in an offering so that you get blessed. I'm asking you to give with us. Because Brittany and I are going first. We've already been, <laughs> we've already been talking about our offering. In fact, I had an amount that I felt like God spoke to me last year after our first offering. And so this last week, um, <laughs> this last week I was at the kitchen table with Brittany. And I said, hey, um, do you, we haven't really talked about the actual amount yet. Do you have an amount? She's like, yeah, I have an amount. I was like, cool. She's like, you? And I said, yeah. I was like, cool. On three, you ready? One, two, ah! And we said it, and one was significantly larger than the other. <clears throat> I like to think I'm generous, but apparently my wife is much holier than me. And all of a sudden, I was like, hey, 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 ease up. Like, that's, that's a lot. There's going to be a moment where God puts something on your heart and he says, it is your best and that's what I want from you. That's what I'm asking you to give. Why? Because there is an opportunity for us in 2020, 20, oh, 2022. Sorry, guys. Brain fart. Uh, oh, shouldn't have said that. My bad. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> Uh, there is an opportunity for us to go further than we are right now. There's an opportunity for us to grow bigger than we are right now. In influence, in people, and I'll even say this, I'm believing that by the end of 2022, we will have a building of our own. A place to call home where we don't have to set up, we don't have to tear down, we don't have to cancel small groups anymore because of a lack of location. We get to participate in giving towards this vision. But get this, God always leads by example. God always leads by example. Wherever he goes, that's, that's the standard that he does. So how do I know that I love him? I'm sorry, how does God know that I love him? By my gift. How do I know that God loves me? By his gift. John chapter 3, verse 16 says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God loved, so he gave. Do you guys get this? Are you tracking with me? God loved, so he gave. That's how I know he loves me. He gave me his best. He gave me his only. He gave me his favorite. He gave everything. It's my responsibility now 
to be like Jesus, to be like God the Father, right? If we're supposed to be like him, then we have to give our best every time. And I hope that this doesn't come across in a way that, like, offends people. If it does offend you, uh, I'm sorry. Giving your best is the bare minimum in the kingdom. It just is. It's the bare minimum in the kingdom. And I don't know about you, but how cool would it be if we get through 2022 and we're sitting in our own building? We're sitting in a place that we have invested so much time and energy into. And we see it filled with people who have come to know Jesus in this church. Wouldn't that be really cool? Let me tell you something. I told this a year ago to uh, our church. Raise your hand if you've come to church or come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior this year at Legacy Church. Raise your hand if you have been here for less than a year. Raise them high. I want you to see it. We prayed for you. We gave for you. Somewhere, someone along the way gave and sacrificed. They gave their best so that you could be here. You know what's crazy? I was talking at, at breakfast this week with somebody, and I was telling them there is there's a couple who are currently sitting in the back with their youngest son that came because someone gave an offering to send out mailers. They got a, they got a mailer, and they came to church. And now they're a part of, of our church. They're friends of ours. We love the Martins. There are people who have come because of, like directly because of what we gave last year. That's pretty cool. All of you who have been with us longer than a year, I hope you saw the hands that were raised. Because that is your offering returned. That's your best returned back to you. God never said, I love you, but I'm never going to show you that I love you. gave us his son. So why do I give to God? I give to God out of response to what he's already given me. Now, I thought that this was the end of the story of Cain and Abel. It's not. In case you're wondering, Cain gets so upset about this whole situation, then he goes and kills Abel. Abel was killed probably somewhere between 20 and 30 years old. Okay? He lived a short life, but then Hebrews chapter 11, which some, some people know it as like the hall of faith. These are stories of people who had incredible faith throughout history. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4 says, It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. Abel has been dead for thousands of years and we are still going to school on him today. I don't know about you, I would love generations from now for people in my family line to go to school on my faith. I, um, we had the team, I told you, we had the team pray over every chair. And it blessed my heart to see Brittany 
and my son, Levi, praying together over a chair. I saw Levi take a step of faith this morning at two years old. I hope that Brittany and I can live a good enough example in front of him that people hundreds of years from now go to school on his faith. This is not about salaries. This is not about bills. This is about expansion. This is about faith building. This is an exercise in us going to the next, the deeper, the best level that God has for us as a church. Cain's offering was not by faith, but Abel's was, and that's what honored God. Let me hear, let me, let me tell you something. If you will hear from God about what to give in this offering, which we're going to take up, by the way, on December 5th, we're going to all come together and, and there will be a moment where we all give the same, at the same time on December 5th, a heart for the house offering. If you will hear from God on this offering, it will require faith. I'm asking you from the bottom of my heart, and I'm going to lead from the same place that you would give an offering unlike you have ever given before. Those of you who are with us online, I'm asking you to partner with us in a way that you never have before. We are going to go above and beyond this next year. We're going to believe that somehow through this exercise, God is going to give us a heart for his house. I know that this is going to be possible because check this out. Uh, Matthew chapter 6 says, wherever your treasure is, the desires of your heart will also be. So God is not looking for some of your crops. He's not looking for the sum of your gifts. He is looking for your best. He deserves that much. He deserves your best. The best offering isn't an amount, it's obedience to his voice. And on December 5th, we're gonna obey his voice. And we're gonna set a precedence in this place where we just expect God to move. We expect God to bless us in our finances. We expect God to bless our work environment. We expect God to grow his house. We expect God to expand our offering. We expect him, I'm sorry, I'm getting, so sorry. I'm not going to apologize for being passionate about it, and I'm not going to apologize for asking you to join with us. Because I can tell you this, if you will give with us, God will bless it. I don't know how. I just expect him to follow through with his word like he has every other time. This is a heart issue. And the greatest part is if we haven't met the standard yet of giving our best to God, if we've constantly said, God, I want to do this, but I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't write the check. I can't click the button. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've wanted to buy something and shied away from it last minute. Like my, my finger's right there on the button to hit buy. I just can't, I'm like, oh, I just can't justify it. That is not the kingdom of God. I've never had that issue with the kingdom of God. Every time I give, he blesses. Every time I'm obedient, he blesses. Every time I ask him for something, he blesses. That does not mean it's a yes every time. I heard the other day someone say, I, I, wanna, I wanna get uh, more prayers answered. God answers every prayer. It's just not what you like. 
But you know what? If your heart will be with your finances and your finances are with God, your heart's with God. It's biblical. You can start this today. God asked Cain, why do you look so sad? Why do you look dejected? If you'll just do what's right, you'll be accepted. There was even an opportunity for Cain to come to grace. Isn't that crazy? That God said, if you'll just do what's right, you could be in right alignment with me. You could start today. You'll be accepted. Some of you, though, haven't even accepted him. You haven't made him the Lord and the Savior of your life, so you like the way that this is going. We're going we're gonna to grow this place. This is going to expand. We're going to see more people. We're going we're gonna to be more influential in our city. We're going to be able to give to more missions. We're going to be able to take care of more needs, but you've got a need in your own heart that you don't know how to be at peace. You don't know how to sit and, and be alone with your thoughts. You've constantly got to scroll through something because if you're alone for more than three seconds, you start to feel the, 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 the ground start to shake a little bit. Some of you are going through some incredible difficulties with your family. And you need God to bless that. He will. Because you obeyed. Not because of the amount. Because you obeyed. And today, there's another opportunity. It's a different kind of offering where we give our best, we turn our lives over to God. And that's what we're gonna do right now. The Bible says that if you will believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll confess it with your mouth, you will be saved. We're gonna do that together. I don't care if everybody here in the room has already said this prayer. I love it if you bow your heads and say this prayer with me for the benefit of those who are saying it for the first time. You're gonna be saying it in their heart. Maybe there are people online who are watching with us, but I love it if you would say with me, dear Jesus, I believe you are the son of God and that you came to set me free. Thank you for dying for my sin. Please forgive me of everything that I've done wrong and make me like you. Help me to give you my best every day. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you just said that prayer for the first time, we want to celebrate with you. Would you raise your hand? And then if you're saying it online for the first time, would you put it in the chat that you said that? That's awesome. So good. So proud of you. Now, this is not the end of the message. The message will end on December 5th. I'm not going to preach till December 5th. It's just not going to end until December 5th, okay? I want you to make it a priority. I want you to make December 5th a priority on your calendar. Be here with us. Be online with us. 10 o'clock Pacific time. Be with us. Because I'm believing that God is going to do something powerful through this time. There are things that we are working on behind the scenes that I hope to be able to announce on December 5th. There are things that I hope to be able to announce January 5th. There are things that God is going to do June 5th of next year that are going to be tied back to today. They're going to be tied back to December 5th. I'm not saying that nothing between now and then matters. I'm saying it's going to be a big deal. So please mark your calendars and be with us. Will you stand with me? Father, it's an honor to serve you. It's an honor to give towards what you care about. 
but it's an honor to do it in community with people that I love, with people that feel familiar, with people who don't feel familiar, but I trust that you have more in store for us. God, I pray that you would speak to every single heart between now and December 5th and put an amount on our hearts. And whatever that amount is, we promise to give it. We we want to see more of you. That's what we're here for. But God, I pray that you would be honored because of that gift, that you more people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior because of that gift. Father, I pray that these words would be settled in our heart and that as we part for the day and and even as we get together tonight for enchiladas and we say what we're grateful for, God, I pray that all of that would bring honor and glory to you and your house. Give us a heart for your house. Give us a burden to be in church, to be the church to bring people in who need, who need to experience you. Father, there are people who are hurting today, and I pray that you would heal them in the name of Jesus. There are people who are struggling today, and I pray that you would provide for them in the name of Jesus. There are people here today that need to hear from you, and I pray that your voice would be the loudest thing in their ears today in the name of Jesus. I'm asking you to bless what we are giving you and we give you our lives. Say all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, I want you to know two things. One, I love you. I do. Even if we haven't met, God has given each of us the ability to love one another. And we're called to that. So I love you. Number two, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. By name, I'm praying you, praying with you and for you, for your situations that you're going through. This morning, we laid hands on the chairs. We are praying for you. And I'm, I'm praying specifically that you experience what God can do through you. Amen? Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Leave a comment and rate this podcast, but make sure to give us five stars. In the description, you can find the website, the socials, and all that good stuff. Special thanks to those who give generously. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you'd like to partner with us, you can click the link in the description below. Join us live on Sundays, either in person or on YouTube or Facebook, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening.